0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 350, and I have no idea how to do this episode. <laughs> I just have no idea where to begin. Uh, two weeks ago, I was in the garage, right where I am now, and I could not stop thinking about my dad. And uh, his health has been declining. Several years ago, Um he began having trouble with his memory. He was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I remember visiting him a couple of years ago, and uh, he kept turning to my mom and asking who I was. And when something like that happens, when, when your dad says to your mom, oh, who is this again? I remember him looking at me several times and saying, and where do you live? Um, and and uh, what do you do? And this feeling of grieving, like, I was with my dad, but my dad was less and less here. Uh, that's the thing about Alzheimer's, dementia. It's like a slow-motion departure. Um, and so over the past few years, there's this giant question mark, like like, how fast will this illness proceed? What will it look like? Uh, and, of course, just the the care and... What's reco- what was required of my mom, but then uh, about a month ago, his health began declining significantly. And then two weeks ago, uh, I think it was a Wednesday, my mom and I talked for a while, and he uh, there was a been significant decline. And I remember going to bed that night thinking, "Oh wow, this this long grieving process that this is we're in new territory here." So two two weeks ago, on a Thursday, I was here in this space, and I found myself talking to him. Partway through, I realized I was talking out loud, almost like a trance or a fugue state. And I said to my dad, like, hey, we're good, man. Which isn't really how he, I would talk to my dad. Uh, this episode is called Son of a Judge. Um, <laughs> And it was this uh, peaceful feeling of release. I remember saying to him and realizing partway through that I was speaking out loud in my garage in California. My dad and mom were in Michigan. I remember saying, we're good. You and me, we're good. It's all. It's, it's good. What an incredible life. And if it's time to go, it's time to go. And we release you, I release you um we'll we'll meet up at somewhere sometime it was a and then it was almost like snapping out almost like a oh wait it was a it was like a communion with his spirit, and then it ended and so I remember sitting back down in the chair I'm sitting in right now, and as you do, you check your phone throughout the throughout the day. I checked my phone, and there was a text from my mom saying. That my dad had just taken his last breath, and died. So you can you can have years of of grief and letting go and sort of preparing yourself, but you're you're never really prepared. You, you you're like okay yeah uh, this day is coming I know, and then it comes and it's unlike anything. In that moment, there was this profound feeling of relief, especially through what my mom had been through the past month uh, at the end. This feeling of relief, but then the grief, like if you say out loud, my father died today. Well, that's, I mean, that's mythic. You're, that's the collective. You're joining with everybody everywhere who's ever had that sentence passed through their lips. Like, my father died. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. I was sort of walking around in a daze. And the mind is like, yeah, we knew this day was coming. But every other part of the being, <laughs> my being, the body, the heart, the spirit is like, Whew. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know a number of you know exactly what I'm talking about. So this has been A a two weeks unlike any other. And you got all the stuff you're doing. You got all the things you're up to. Uh, I've been doing, I had been doing an art show on Instagram at Real Rob Bell. We put up some new dates for two days in Ojai where you come sit under the trees with me. We put up a couple different dates in October, date in December, all that. So you got the, the stuff you're doing. But when, my word, when, When your father dies, all of it just sort of, it exists so far in the periphery. Because right there, sitting in the middle of your life, your psyche, your heart, your spirit is, yeah, my dad, my dad died. So, I went back to Michigan. And uh, I went back to bury my father. There were three days. uh, There was like an itinerary. Uh, last Thursday was the visitation, and uh, it was at the funeral home, and it lasted four hours. We did two hours, and then we went and had a meal, and then we came back. And the funeral director had said, you know, people will come early. And we're like, who comes early to a visitation? But before it ever started, people were lined up. And my family and I, we stood for four hours that day and heard stories. Uh, My father was a judge, so there was a whole world of lawyers and judges and, and then friends, a guy I went to elementary school with. I mean, it was a surreal, this is your life. And people telling stories I'd never heard. My son Preston was standing there at one point when my dad's uncle walked up Who's 95. He was born in 1927. My dad's dad, who died when my dad was eight, his name was Preston. And we named, and then my dad's brother died when my dad was 17. So my dad had gone through unspeakable loss and trauma of his brother Douglas and his father Preston. And we named our second son Preston Douglas. And there's this moment when my dad's uncle, 95 years old, walks up to Preston and says, so you're Preston, my 23-year-old Preston. He says, I remember when your namesake, Preston, was married. Yep, 1941, I went to his wedding. And proceeds to tell Preston about the original Preston, who was on the Enterprise in the middle of World War II, in the center of the battle in the Pacific, and a kamikaze pilot bombed their plane, and he jumped off into the ocean and survived. I mean, this that kind of thing, that kind of thing. Our lineages are loaded, are they not? (laughs) And my dad, God, how would I even say this? Uh, In the funeral service, I told about how when I was a kid, I would buy these model cars, and on the front, it would say like 126 scale, these little plastic cars that I would paint and glue. And I remember developmentally, conceptually, when it kicked, clicked in for me, oh, 126 scale, that means if this car was like 26 times bigger, essentially, it would be the size of a regular car. Like there was that moment of like, oh. Um, but I grew up with a father who it felt like he was out of scale. He was like larger than life. It's like he was, he was cramming more life per square inch than the rest of us. <laughs> I'm telling you, this man... And you can draw a direct line to the horrific suffering that he endured as, as a kid. It's, like, it's almost like somewhere in there, deep in his bones, he picked up, he experienced the fragile, fleeting, temporary nature of life, how quickly those you love the most can be gone. It's like something within him was like, well then, if it is this fragile, if it is this fleeting better live it to the fullest. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like being around him. So there was this whole afternoon where people lined up, and I'm telling you, there was a line for four hours. (laughs) Just unreal, and you never know who, who would come up and what they would say. It was just incredible. And then, of course, the family, we go get more food and you sit around and just process. What a life, what a life. And it was this alternating between like story and then tears and then laughter and then someone else would tell a story of somebody they interacted with. And then the next day was the funeral. And uh, the funeral, by the way, began, there was this giant organ, and they played this march, and the funeral began with 25 judges in black robes coming down the center aisle of the church. I mean, it was, (laughs) yeah. And then uh, I kept telling Kristen, I don't don't want to Roman Roy it. Because at the end, I I gave had a few minutes to give a eulogy, and we had just we've just finished with Succession. Is that the greatest TV show ever? But if you saw that show, you know what I'm talking about. Where the one son at the funeral, just he's like so strong. He's like I'm fine, I'm fine. I've already pre-grieved, and then at the funeral, he's just a wreck. And I, because of the nature of my father's decline. You're like, yeah, I've been grieving f- I've been grieving for years, um, but but you say that you set yourself up for grief to to just wreck you. <laughs> so I <I'd laughs> learned this lesson enough, and I, oh my god! So I got up to give my eulogy, and totally just could. I mean, just so much emotion. Yeah, it like comes in waves. some of you know what I'm talking about you're like no I think I'm good I think I'm good oh and then the most the most random thing just and then the next day was we had like this caravan of cars so each day there'd be like all the things we were doing and then we'd all hop in this row of cars and go to the next thing and we went to bury him at this plot of uh, this cemetery in Williamston, Michigan, the small farm town where he grew up. And just when you're like, God, we're in the third day of this. I don't have any tears left. Like, there, surely there aren't any more waves. But then there's this moment when, even now, I can barely tell you about it, when you put the flowers... Well, you show up and there's a hole dug in the ground. Yeah, these, these rituals, also known as ancient technologies... Uh, we have them in many ways because they work. Like it's all, we need them. Um, and that was three days of rituals and I'm still just feels like in some ways scratching the surface. feels like, yeah, we're fine. We got through that. We're good. And yet also, whew, another wave. <laughs> Even just talking about it. It's like this interesting thing about doing this episode. And, and I, I'm imagining many of you can relate. When you're like, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I processed that. I think I worked through that. But then you also, you're like, I don't know if there's anything more to say. A couple of friends, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty much talked out. And then like five minutes later, I would be talking to somebody and need to tell them all about it all over again. It's like, you're totally talked out and you can't stop talking about it. But man, putting the flowers on the casket and then they lower it into the ground. Did not see that coming. Just wrecked me again. Yeah, and then we go over and there's this section of my ancestors. There's Preston and Eileen Bell. There's Prest there's Douglas Bell, my dad's brother. There's uh and, and Eileen Bell, that was my grandma. She and I had lunch every Friday for the last ten years of her life. Back in the nineties, back in the nineteen hundreds. I mean she was I was so close to her. And then there's Don and Maxine, and there's like there's, and you're like standing in among all these tombstones, and then the spot where my dad's tombstone is going to go. And then <laughs> we learn that my dad didn't think his mom's tombstone was big enough, so he had it rebuilt so it would be the biggest one. <laughs> <laughs> so you just kept hearing these stories because my dad literally, at one point, this was at the, the, after the funeral, there was a luncheon, not a lunch, people, a luncheon. Uh, this man comes up to me. I'd never seen him before. And he says, uh, you're the, the son. I said, yes. One of the sons. Yes. And he says, I'm a, I'm president of the model a car club, which <laughs> 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 my dad had this old car. He also had a tractor, by the way, in a subdivision. He kept, he had a tractor, um, yeah 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 my dad had bodyguards by the way and uh we heard a story about his and there were literally there was security at his funeral because he as a judge like he one of his specialties was doing cartel trials and the security guards told us we heard that uh during one particularly dicey cartel trial they had 24 four seven uh security for my dad so like when like uh when i was in my 30s and we would have him over for lunch on father's day sometimes there'd be like a black SUV in the driveway just because um, they were protecting him around the clock. But uh, there were some security guards who were assigned to him one weekend and they were like, yeah, we, he, t- we went to a tractor auction. <laughs> They're like, he's like a federal judge, but like, he's really into old tractors. That was totally, Oh God. He's just a giant, complicated, fantastic man who l- knew he cared Oh my God, he helped more. The people coming out of the woodwork to talk about how he cared about them and noticed them and helped them out. And this person, he helped him go to school. And this person, he helped him get that job. It was unbelievable. Well, okay, back to the Model A car club president. That guy says to me, uh, yeah, I want to tell you a story about your dad. He says, uh, I had met your dad and I was going to do some work on his Model A car. So my dad gave me He says, your dad gave me the code to his garage. And I said to him, I just met you and you're giving me the security code to your garage? And he says, my dad responded, let me see your hands. (laughs) The man says, you barely know me. Why are you giving me the code to your garage? And my dad's response was, show me your hands. So the guy tells me, he's like, so I held up my hands and I showed your dad my hands and my Dad said to the man, see, those are working man's hands. That's why I gave you the code to my garage. (laughs) Oh God, I'm telling you, my friends. It was like three days of those kinds of stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our fathers inhabit, same with our mothers, but in a different way. Our fathers inhabit a particularly unique space in our heads and hearts. Yeah, yeah. Whether whether your father was absent or present, there's a presence and absence. The absence of a father has an odd sort of presence to it. Other fathers are present, but they're absent at some level. Some fathers are really, really present. That has its own set of challenges. Yeah, our fathers, They they... We can easily rent free space in our head and hearts yeah so that's part of the whole thing is you 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 set you set your father mother as well, but you set your father free from everything your father couldn't be for you and you also set yourself free from everything you couldn't be for your father. yeah that's how you, that's one of the ways that you make peace. Because lots of things sit side by side. Yeah, lots of things. But to have those days of laughing, crying, eating, going in our car caravan to the next thing to like celebrate this extraordinary life force. He was just a nuclear engine of generosity. And he had all this funny wisdom and... (laughs) He had all this stuff, he had all these fr- weird phrases. Like, if something was messy, like if he drove by a house and there was just, you know, car parts all over the front yard and the lawn wasn't mowed, he'd be like, oh, oh, look at that spread out like a dog's breakfast. <laughs> that was like, if something was messy, be like, I spread out like a dog's breakfast. We'd always be like, Dad, what, what dogs have you been around that spread out their breakfast? <laughs> oh my god yeah, what a life what a life so yeah so, like I said I feel like I've worked through it feel like I'm good feel like I've said everything there is to say feel like we've processed it and also, talking to you now still processing it still working it through Still got a little tear. Still, I said goodbye, and I'm still saying goodbye. I grieved, and I'm still grieving. I'm letting go, and I already let go. It all, it's waves of relief, especially at the end when it got really difficult for him. Like relief that that's over, and grief, because my dad died two weeks ago. But we're good. Like I told him, standing in my garage in Ohio, he's, we find out now, literally a couple hours, a couple moments, a couple minutes from breathing his last, and I'm telling him, we're good, man. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. These rituals, these ancient technologies, they can appear to be ancient and primitive and outdated. And then you go through them and you're like, I needed that and I needed that and I needed that. And when they showed up, was it Friday night with giant boxes of Chipotle and the whole family had tacos. It's like, I needed that too. <laughs> all the, all the little stuff, which is actually the big stuff. Yeah. 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 So I'm the son of a judge. Yeah. My dad, I I talked in the eulogy about my dad at the strangest times. He would quote these verses. One of the ones he loved to quote was, there's a time for everything under the sun. That's some old school, Old Testament, King Solomon. There's a time for everything under the sun. And at his service, I ended the eulogy uh, before my brother spoke, and then my sister, I ended by saying, my father's time under the sun has come to an end. And what a time it was. What a time it was. What a time it was. This is episode three five zero of the Rob cast and it's called son of a judge.